Well, lads, how are you? How are you getting on? Good now. More sport this morning, is it? There's a fair <laughs> bit of sport, yeah. That's the common theme on this. Sometimes we squeeze in some other stuff, but generally... OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Now, Harry Pryor of the Anfield Rap is with us to talk to us about a big win for Liverpool last night. Uh, Harry, we've seen this movie before where Liverpool absolutely thump somebody and then go out the next week and get beaten. Um, but surely this time it's different, right? <laughs> Every time we've said it's different, I've probably come on after here after a few big wins and said, oh, things will be different now. The season will click into place. And that's kind of been the nature of Liverpool's season. The lack of consistency has been quite alarming at times. And we have had these really big wins and then crash back down to earth. And actually, funny enough, I believe that was our first win in all competitions since the 7-0 against Manchester United at Anfield. So you can tell the way that things have gone since then. But yeah, it definitely looked like a more positive performance. And look, the manager came out after the game yesterday and said that it, that it had clicked and, and the kind of one thing that does give me hope that maybe things will be brighter for the end of the season but crucially looking ahead to next season is the fact that the formation was very different they were trying different things last night and they worked I think at times this season the, the, the things have clicked in the standard 4-3-3 formation or things have just been good over a period of 90 minutes but there's not been any real change and last night I saw real change real effort to make things different and that benefited every individual on the pitch. How, how were they different last night? What was the, the change that you witnessed? Yeah, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold being in this new hybrid role was probably the biggest one for me, playing a back three, essentially. So you had Canati on the right-hand side, Virgil van Dijk, and then and then Robertson on the left. And Fabinho kind of dropping back when Liverpool were out of possession and Trent kind of sometimes coming back into defence, but just being able to roam a bit more freely. And I think that system allowed players to just play to their strengths a little bit more, but particularly, particularly Trent's. And I think you could see when he's given options and when he's given the ability to look up from kind of the heart of the pitch and the heart of the midfield, he can be so much more creative and, and have so much more impact on the game. And he gets two assists last night as well. So you kind of see that in real play as well. But Curtis Jones, for me, he, he kind of was playing a little bit higher up the pitch and gets to have a real impact in that way as well and then all of the forwards you kind of see how their flexibility in, in terms of them not having to be stuck in sort of central right left then being able to roam around the bit the, the forward area of the pitch really helped them so it was a system that was set up to get the best out of the players he has available because as much as we want to talk about Liverpool bringing in new players that's not going to happen now before the end of the season so we need to try some new things and that's exactly what happened that position suits him perfectly, Trent Harry, doesn't it? I mean, he. We were trying to find a way. I guess Klopp was trying to find a way of bringing him into into midfield, but now he's managed to to do it, but also keep it right back as well. And, and as you say, the assists are going to come now, and that was the thing that was missing this season. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned the assist. The first one comes from a more natural right back position. It's kind of the pass we've seen from Trent quite a few times. It's the one that he's used. We're used to seeing from him. And then the second one was from more of a central role. And you can kind of see how the options that he has and the freedom that he has will really benefit him. And it, it will be really interesting now to see whether this is just something of a quick fix this season or whether Klopp is trying this out now to build ahead to next season. And if so, that, that I think changes plans for what needs to happen in the summer. But yeah, definitely being able to have that space. And I think at times in the game yesterday, you see how he looks up and how he's not instantly crowded by defenders and he's, he enjoys that he has time to take a look make the pass that he wants to make maybe make a run and that seems to suit him down to the ground Does it feel different from the, the, the victory over Manchester United in that 
can can they push on now and, and, and not allow those results? And I think it was Bournemouth, wasn't it, after the United game that, that uh, Liverpool fell to a defeat. So does this feel like different, a bit of a turning point, a push for top four possibly? Yeah, I'm kind of reluctant to say anything's a turning point this season when we've been burnt a lot of times by results going badly after a really, really good result. So I don't know. And I think pushing for top four now maybe feels a little bit unrealistic. But what I kind of want to see now is growth and progress for next season. Because I think at times when we've finished seasons a little bit weaker than we've played the rest of the season, the next season hasn't started so well. So I think priority now is just really making sure that there's a, a kind of awareness that this is this is kind of a pre-season in a weird way let's try out a few things see what works and then kind of see where the table lands at the end of the season I think the manager said as much last night we'll kind of go into the next nine games I think it is now see where the table lands at the end of it but just make sure you're trying to win the next nine because it's not going to be an easy task to get back into that top four if that is the aim but who knows nothing's impossible What has been the response from the people who consume the Anfield rap to the news leaking or being briefed or however it came out that Jude Bellingham wasn't going to be an option this summer what was the response generally from your users? Yeah one of probably overwhelming negativity I would say I think a lot of people were really expecting that Jude Bellingham would be the big push for the summer only because it was spoken about so much in January and even into last summer that they were kind of saving up funds the owners to make a big push for Jude Bellingham and I think what was kind of confusing for people is that everyone always knew how much Jude Bellingham would cost he was never going to be a player that you'd get for under 100 million so now that the line who knows whether it's true or not, but the line that the media have mainly been going with is that they felt that he was too expensive. Well, we kind of always knew that. I think that the reality is that Liverpool, Liverpool's ownership and, and management have realised there's so much more work that needs to be done that they can't invest that much into just one player because they need to spread the funds a little bit more over four positions or maybe even more. So I, I kind of, you know... It's, it makes sense from a pure business perspective, but also I think it's about time that Liverpool fans kind of felt like they were going after a really big player, a really exciting player, and that is exactly what Jude Bellingham was. So I understand where the frustration has come from. The the team, as lined out last night with uh, Jota, Gakpo and Salah starting, we did have, uh, I think, the, the full array of attacking players available so Luis Diaz comes off the bench Darwin Nunes comes off the bench and obviously Firmino's leaving we know at the end of the season but um, is there a future where all five players are rotated in and out of the team over the course of a full season if they were to remain fit which let's face it is unlikely anyway yeah, I think it's probably puts Liverpool in quite a good position in that forward line. And that's maybe something you can't say about the midfield and, and the defence at the moment. So, yeah, we know that Firmino is is leaving in the summer. But if you look back a couple of years ago, it was it was Salah Mane, Firmino, who were just going again and again and again. And then you brought Jota into the mix and we felt really good about having four forwards that you could rely on. And now we've got Diaz in that mix as well. We're losing Firmino. We've got Gakpo and Nunes. It's all kind of shifting a little bit. But you hopefully go into next season having five really good top-level players who you can really rely on. I think Gakpo's been so impressive in the last few games in particular where he's he's really kind of showing what he can do on the ball and how comfortable he is. Nunes, we can see week on week adapting a little bit more. I think it's taken him more time, but he, he seems to be really finding his feet and getting those goals. He gets another one last night. And yeah, Salah's obviously signed that new contract last season, so he'll still be a big part. And Diaz, if we can keep them all fit... 
you think that was an area of the pitch where, yeah, Klopp can rely on five really, really talented players. Yeah, and I suppose I'm, I'm comparing and contrasting that with the uh, the Bellingham decision is that they've actually managed that change relatively well over the course of the, the last couple of seasons from a position of strength it looks like next season it'll still be a position of strength and that's why I would give the hierarchy at least some not a free pass but some credit in the bank for their ability to regenerate that if they can do something similar by spending the 100 million on three 30 million pound players two of whom immediately uh, contribute into the midfield area then all of a sudden like okay I understand why I didn't spend everything on one player yeah, I can kind of see that point of view, but to an extent, that forward line, the way that they regenerated that was really clever. And they, they did that because they had foresight. So they knew that Sadio Mane was perhaps going to leave. So they bought in a replacement. They knew that, you know, that Gakpo needed to be bought in. They've just not really done that in midfield. And I think that's why so many fans are frustrated because they can see that players are either aging or not getting the game time or consistently injured. And yeah, I think since 2018, the only first team senior for, uh, midfielder that's been bought in is Thiago. So if they've got that foresight for the forward line, why is that not translated to, to midfield? And arguably it has in defence as well, bringing Canate and that was a really clever signing for around the 30 million mark, 36, I believe it was. So why is the midfield kind of been left to to rot on its own, I suppose? So yeah, it's, it's obviously a good thing that forward line hasn't, but then it causes more frustration because people can see clear as day that the midfield hasn't had the attention that it needs. Diogo Jota was one massive positive out of last night, Harriet. I mean, he's been bereft of confidence for, for quite some time. And, and even at the start of the game last night, you're thinking, still, this is, this is a guy whose who's touch just isn't there. But he gets his couple of goals and this could be the start of a good spell for him. Yeah, the first 20 minutes or so, as you mentioned, were, were not the, the best start, Diogo. But I think with him, he's been Klopp's preferred option when he is fit a lot of the time because of the work that he does on the ball and in terms of assists and build-up play. But then last night, you see the other element of his game, which is so important, which is getting the goals. It's been around a year, Mark, since he's last scored. So it's it was really crucial for him to get them. And, and then he gets the other one later on in the game as well. So you can see the amount of confidence that's brimming through him and the amount that has an impact on his gameplay as well. So yeah, hopefully now that he has got those goals and that's kind of off the back of his mind that he hasn't scored in nearly a year or whatever the time frame is that he can push forward now. So yeah, I was impressed with his performance probably post post the 20 minute mark. Bad mistake by Ibrahim Akinate for the for the Leeds goal. Of course, it doesn't matter at this, this rate, but it's still concerning to see those little defensive slips. Yeah, it's kind of indicative of Liverpool's season, how things have been going. Even when the game seems to be fully in Liverpool's control, there's little mistakes and errors that that happen. And then suddenly you're, you concede a really easy goal that should never happen. Canate isn't one to make mistakes very often. So, hope, you know, glad it was in a game that didn't really have any outcome in the end. But yeah, it's kind of characteristic of things that have been happening at Liverpool. Too many silly mistakes, too many giving the ball away in key areas and conceding an easy goal. But luckily, the response was really good and that was what pleased me the most last night. Straight away, his head was up. It was like, right, doesn't matter. We're going to build from here and we'll we'll all be fine. And Liverpool haven't dealt well with adversity this season and, and they did last night. It was interesting to see the, the, the pressing and the work rate and Jurgen Klopp seemed to reference that in his post-match comments as well that that, that has been something that, that is a trademark of this Liverpool team in recent seasons and we haven't seen it this year. People pointed to Liverpool maybe being tired after last year's campaign and uh, competing on four fronts but clearly that work rate and pressing is starting to come back a little bit. Yeah, there was a desire to win the ball back that hasn't been there in a lot of games this season. I think you've watched 
certain games where it's just felt like Liverpool have let the opposition control the pace of it. They've let them pass around in any way they want. They've let them decide what they want to do. And, and last night was a little bit of a change in that Liverpool were deciding the pace of the game. They were the ones winning the ball back high up the pitch. That intensity you mentioned, it was really palpable. And, and we've missed that so much as, as Liverpool fans watching the game. So hopefully, you know, that can be a, a positive thing that we can take forward into the next game. But the manager said it himself, we've been trying to do that all season. I'm not entirely sure why it's not been clicking and it's not been working. And sometimes it was a mixture of mental, physical fatigue and a lack of confidence, a lack of trust in each other. But all those things seem to work last night. And when they do still play that high intensity football, winning the ball back, pressing high at the pitch, you can see how, how the benefits come from that. Four of the next uh, five league games are at home. Um, so they've got Forest at home, they're away at West Ham, then they've got Spurs, Fulham and Brentford in a run of games all at home which their home form has been really good this season so actually they could go on a bit of a run here and suddenly be on the coattails of the teams battling for fourth yeah, I'm scared to say Liverpool, Liverpool are going to go on a run because they'll probably embarrass me later down the line. But no, the, the home form has still been really good amidst a season where results haven't been that great and, and neither performances. So that does give you a little bit of hope. I think people have conflicting views on whether they'd want to finish in the Europa League or Europa Conference League spots. But yeah, just trying to win as many of those as possible because Newcastle and Tottenham are making errors. They're the ones kind of in and around. I know there's Aston Villa, Brighton above Liverpool as well at the moment. But those those are the ones in particular you think are challenging for that fourth spot of the top four. So they are both making mistakes. There is nine games left to play. So just see what happens come the end of them. That away form as well, uh, on the other um, element of that, Harriet, that's the first win since mid-February Liverpool have had away from home. You look at the away games to come, you've got West Ham, Leicester and Southampton away from home, all very winnable games. So all of a sudden, if you can pick up a bit of away form to add to what happens at Anfield, then they should be in good shape. Yeah, all very winnable games, but it is the teams in the bottom half of the table away from home that Liverpool have really, really struggled with this season. It goes back to the first day of the season, the the game away to Fulham that they drew 2-2, and Fulham have had a good season since then, but it was indicative of how Liverpool's away form was going to play out over the course of the season. They look a bit uh, devoid of of any real sense of energy and um, all these things when they're away from home. Last night was the first time in a really long time that I think they've performed well, not at Anfield. So hopefully that will give them a bit of confidence that they can do it and they can do it this season. They don't need to kind of wipe the season off and start again next year. And yeah, if they can pick up points in some of these games, and like you said, all of them should be winnable games in theory on paper, then that that might lead them to a late charge for top four. But at the moment, I'm not entirely sure I can see that happening. Uh, the constant drumbeat of uh, potential uh, sale originally and then investment that seems to have gone a little bit quiet just recently. What's the, the latest scenario that you think is most likely to happen? Yeah, well, there was new noises coming out of the, of the club that FSG didn't want to sell the club. And I think they were looking for potential investment and who knows when that will come. But I think that is the most likely scenario moving forward now that FSG will maintain kind of majority ownership of the club and then be looking to bring in a few minority stakeholders or minority investors, whatever you want to call it perhaps to boost the the kind of funds that they have in the summer, perhaps to boost the funds they have moving forward in investment. But FSG have always kind of been really careful with how they use their money. They've never wanted to invest drastically more than they're bringing in the other way in, in with regards to transfers. So I think, yeah, the most likely scenario now is that they do bring in an external investor, but how much that is and how much they're willing to 
to bring in is is another question at the moment. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Harriet, good stuff. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye. Harriet Pryor, the Anfield rap there, talking to us about the situation at Liverpool. That fixture list that you've uh, read out, so, um, I mean... It's not bad, is it? Well, it's like, it's kind of dream dream scenario. Uh, When your away games are against some of the bottom teams... I know Harry had mentioned that their form against the bottom teams hasn't been good, but but Southampton on the last day of the season you would expect will already be gone. Yeah. Now whether or not that frees them up to play the best football of the season, who knows? Uh Leicester is a week prior to that. It's actually thirteen days, two weeks prior to to that. That's the other away game and West Ham. Now West Ham all of a sudden look to have a little bit of life in them. Yeah. Um so the question for Liverpool has always been can they keep it going like they get a big result and they stop like so all of a sudden it's just a little bit of consistency that you're looking for with this Liverpool team yeah from from the time they went 2-0 down to uh, to Arsenal they've been great yeah from that period onwards so maybe that Arsenal it's game like a game, and, a game and a half here so <laughs> uh, we're not getting too carried away yeah but even you look at players like Curtis Jones last night he starts for the third game in a row after being out for a period and all of a sudden there's a little bit of consistency with the team even so yeah I mean they, they did try and sign Arthur Mello hoping that he was going to be an answer at midfield and then he's obviously been a complete bust mm. um, so it's not like they they weren't entirely aware and I think they assumed that some of those younger players would be better for longer and they get more minutes out of them at a high level than uh, they'd previously expected but I don't know they, there is like they have managed to sign all those forward players with no one ever really expecting them to sign those forward players mm. like Jota was a surprise Gakpo was a surprise um, uh, Nunez and Diaz kind of came a window earlier than we thought they would yeah. and so next season they'll have all those five players assuming Salah stays in the summer as their forwards it's a good forward line oh it's brilliant do you know what I mean On like paper. week in week out you're going to have somebody who's in form yeah, and, and the other thing as well, Jurgen Klopp, after the match last night, he, he looks a little bit more relaxed. It's easy to be relaxed after you win 6-1 at home, granted, or 6-1 away from home. Um, but even last week in the press conference, he was like, not attacking some of the Liverpool journalists, but really saying, you know, I read in the papers some of the stories you're writing and they are just completely wrong. Properly going after some of the journalists and the stories that he did, he's was he talking about. Uh, there was no, there was no indication as to which which stories in particular he was he was talking about. But but certainly, Jurgen Klopp is a man who reads the newspapers, listens to the coverage. Or he he listened to Gabby Agbonlahor and talk sport at one point. I think he he mentioned in a press conference. So he's a man that that pays attention to what's being said and written about this Liverpool team. Um, but looked a man a little bit more at peace last night after the match. A result like that, clearly you're going to be anyway. Really interesting to see how that uh, Trent role evolves like he's still only 24 clearly worth having in your team if you can do something with him what would Pep do with Trent in his side would he be burned out would he be would he leave him the bench would he have replaced him with John Stones is that what we're saying here like sell him to Bayern Munich I don't think so I think he'd find a way to get him into that role where you Mm. step into midfield like trying to turn him into Philip Lamb and um, I don't know maybe that's the next evolution for Klopp and it's like brave and exciting and they have an overload in midfield all of a sudden and all the pressure and you know there's a way for that to work so anyway OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now